Hey budding lawyers welcome to the podcast today we are going to have a chat with advocate Tushar Behel Tushar has been a Daksha fellow specializing in dispute resolution and international arbitration he is currently working in the dispute resolution practice and specializes in international arbitration as well as civil and commercial litigation so welcome to the show Tushar how are you Hi Prasanna thanks for having me and yeah i'm doing good i hope the same for you yeah doing fine me too uh i hope your your work didn't get much affected during the covid times right so definitely see uh, because of the covid 19 work was halted and a lot of which was concerning you know how we had to adapt to technology so that was about us about us lawyers getting adapted to technology moreover when i graduated that was the luckiest year of our lives i graduated in the year 2020 when the pandemic actually struck so i mean it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot about resilience i would say for my batch specifically and of course the coming batches that are coming in but uh, for us it was a big shocker and a lot of it was into transitioning into the new industry and you know adapting to the uh, online environment and etc so yeah i'm sure most of us have been used to it now and fortunately things are working well right but uh, i was just wondering if like you was working in this dispute resolution and arbitration and stuff only mostly uh, from your start uh, like uh, when you st- uh, started working after your graduation so um, co- comparatively with like those who were completely into litigation especially criminal litigation and all uh, your work was not that affected uh, with respect like if we compare to those litigators right yeah so uh as i would reiterate again my work of course started once i graduated and hmm. i graduated around august 2020 right uh right after the pandemic had actually arisen so basically it was a lot of chaos everywhere there were no jobs and we fortunately i mean our batch we all were inclined towards dispute resolution my class to be honest and uh, fortunately the trajectory of our internships helped us landing jobs even during the pandemic so yes work every kind of work i would say that every kind of work was affected during the pandemic it's not about whether you practice corporate law or whether you are a dispute resolution lawyer or basically you are litigating in the courts i mean everything was hampered so yeah as i said it was it was all about being resilient and adapting to the new environment and and when did you uh, take up this fellowship the daksha fellowship so uh, right after my graduate graduation i was fortunate enough to get a job at the ministry of road transport and highways and uh, it was a really great break to my career a great start and so during that time only the fellowship came out and uh, i was already working at the ministry of road transport and highways so i just went on with the application and i fortunately cleared it and although i uh, so that's that's how i made the best use of the pandemic year uh, i the, because of the pandemic the fellowship half of the fellowship went online and because there was a lockdown everywhere hmm. so while i was working at the ministry i used to simultaneously uh, attend my classes at the fellowship and the moment uh, we had to go physically to chennai for the fellowship that's when actually my contract with the ministry was ending so it all fent, fell in line and yeah. uh, i actually completed both 
in one year basically okay so that that was very fortunate uh, like you were very fortunate uh, it all came in line so um i i guess the experience which you had when you went to chennai would have been way different than uh, attending online classes of the fellowship uh, how would you describe that yeah so uh, being a north indian myself it was i was i was very curious about you know what 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 would happen and you know it's a new place chennai and uh, during even even just the covid pandemic had just started and you know everything was going on with full swing and it's basically when the first wave actually ended during mm-hmm. january we had to go and on new years i boarded my flight to chennai and it was all about meeting new people personally and i am that person who actually likes to meet new people the best part about the fellowship was that we had a batch of people aged 22 years and people aged 40 years so it was a very very great cohort that we had comprising of the top 40 lawyers across the country and we had senior members of the bar as well in the fellowship as classmates and we had i was the junior most there along with a few people so i mean it was it was more about we were all excited about meeting new people from different backgrounds it was more about exploring chennai because of course uh, i never went to south and uh, i was very fond of the south indian food as well so i mean mm. a lot of a lot of which i had to make the best use of the opportunity and it was all on my mind so yeah fortunately we uh, we got get to go to chennai and definitely we spent 6 months there so it was a really great experience hmm and how was the food then so the food i would say definitely it was good because i used to like south indian right from my childhood and my mother used to serve me idlis right being a, even a punjabi north indian i was very fond of idlis and you know all those south indian uh-huh. uh, tradition basically i was used to eating that food and i could eat it every day so although my friends and colleagues at the fellowship had problems adjusting to the food i pretty much liked everything there so it was not a problem for me great because yeah i have heard like most like who who are not used to eating south indian food uh, from the north uh, side of india they face a lot of problem because uh, other like south indian food is like very like obviously easily available it's cheap there and it's quite tough to find other cuisines like especially uh, if you are chennai is a uh, quite good city so you will find that, uh, other like restaurants and stuff but uh, comparatively you have to take some efforts finding right places if you want to have north indian or something else yeah i mean so i belong to delhi i reside in delhi and uh, at every corner we have the momo stalls right so in chennai we had to eat the momo stalls there it was not really right. hard to find the places there but of course uh, a lot of tastes were very much differing here and there so we had we had to explore a lot in order to choose a better place but then was uh, it was a great experience exploring a new city and you know uh, professional development alongside hmm and you were there for around 6 months yes so uh, the first 6 months uh, we were at home uh, hmm. doing the fellowship online and of course i was working alongside at the ministry so i used to go to office and uh, in the later 6 months of the fellowship we were in chennai physically hmm so let's uh, dive deeper into the fellowship now what exactly uh, firstly uh, it, please tell us in a short like those students who are new to this topic uh, who don't know what a fellowship is so tell us uh, what a fellowship is and 
how is daksha fellowship different than other fellowship i guess this is the only fellowship which is available for like law students or lawyers in india if i'm not wrong yes. so basically uh, there's a difference between a llm and a fellowship and a lot of people get confused between an llm and a fellowship so basically an llm as we all know it follows a conventional curriculum and mm. often it captures more recent advancements to the world of you know world around us and uh, similarly it's it's actually does not prepare students to sufficiently navigate their career paths because if you choose a specialization in an llm you are restricted to that although you have a lot of career sub, uh, career choices here and there what a fellowship does is that it emphasizes on contemporary learning basically so there are new divisive uh, methodologies teaching methodologies there is collaboration through effective participation and there are different skill sets which you know the fellowship helps you to attain for career advancement over the above it's all about it's also about building up a community of like minded individuals with different backgrounds and you know you there is no set standard of the qualifications that every person has a lot of which depends about uh, depends upon what your previous backgrounds are and what all you can contribute to the existing cohort so it's it's basically in the daksha context i would say the daksha fellowship yeah right correctly uh, it's the first fellowship in law particularly in india although we have a lot of fellowships here and there the lamb fellowship and etc but this was the first law fellowship so it's part of my interest right there you know it's different from a masters degree and in the daksha fellowship so it was uh, ideally a residential fellowship uh because of the pandemic we had to do it online for some initial 5 6 months so the best part about this fellowship was there is no restriction about uh the age limit as to your application so you could be a young lawyer you could be a mid career lawyer or you know you could also be a more senior practitioner uh it also encompasses public policy professionals and other graduates with a background in law so it was not exactly restricted to lawyers as well but definitely you need to have some sort of a background so the fellowship's idea was basically to operate at at an intersection of law technology policy and business so basically it was in addition to giving us a specialization in our particular chosen field we also had an opportunity to get equipped with technology law policy and business so we had a lot of courses on that we uh, benefited a lot from the contemporary curriculum so we had a lot of international faculty as well teaching us there in collaboration with you know the leading practitioners in india and of course industry experts so that is how the fellowship was different from a regular masters degree and also we had an opportunity to choose from three specializations basically this was disputes technology law and policy and also regulatory law so we had an option there as well hmm Hmm. And you chose uh, dispute resolution. Yeah. So my chosen field was disputes resolution, and uh, after the application process, I was fortunate to get selected in the pathway that I chose. Okay. So they had uh, something like a specialization after like few months, or is was it like from the start of your fellowship, you are focused mo- mostly on in dispute resolution only? so basically uh, the first trimester so firstly this fellowship follows a trimester system not a semester system and mm. there were three trimesters basically 
in the first trimester what happens is that all of the cohort of 40 to 45 people that get selected they study together and they study some common subjects so basically we studied just to give you a slight hint of what we all studied in the first trimester it was all about finance for lawyers accounting for lawyers we studied business accounting we studied statistics we studied economics we studied public policy we studied public law we studied research methodology etc so basically these as you would understand these courses are pretty much common and very much vital for every lawyer uh, no matter what you're practicing so this is what we all did along with the verbal exercises and everything so we had an another set of exercises that we could do and courses that were common to all from the second and third trimesters so basically the class class was divided into shorter groups based on their specialization and for example my disputes class had a strength of 15 people out of the 40 people that were selected and the rest were distributed amongst their specialization so uh, we studied close to 20 to 25 subjects in disputes particularly over the next two semesters and that's how our curriculum was divided great uh, it's it's like really nice to know that young like such opportunities are available and lawyers like law students like you and lawyers like you are aware of these opportunities to you know uh, take it up and you, so that you get a uh, step ahead in your early years itself uh, more like many lawyers law students don't get those they are not aware of these things um, and also the opportunities from few years like <laughs> five ten years have been you know uh, this, for example this Dakshit fellowship uh, it started a few years ago itself I, uh, which one was your best like so it started in the year when we all graduated it started in 2020 only so it's oh, been 20, two years 20, two years right. ago yeah uh, cool <laughs> just wanted to because I, there was nothing like this uh, during when I graduated I even uh, didn't crack lack to take admission into a law exam or any entrance exam, I directly took admission in my uh, law school uh, on the basis of my semester mark, like the final year marks of my graduation. Right. So, I mean, you could actually, uh, this fellowship, what I thought of while applying was that this could act as a bridging gap to the industry and, of course, future LLM if I plan to do it. So, I mean, it was a very great choice personally because it helped a lot of people, including me personally in uh, developing ourselves and our skill sets so yeah. yes it gave you a lot of practical exposure if i'm not wrong of course because uh, the assessments and examinations which were conducted in the fellowship were not the usual exams we write in law schools these were more about practical exercises for example we had a course on international commercial arbitration where uh, we had a lovely professor from uh, who's an Indian actually. He's working at Geneva right now. So he taught us that course. So the uh, examination was not conducted at the end of the course, but it uh, started in the first week itself. Every week we had to prepare mm. a draft right from every stage of an arbitration to the end, drafting the final award and also arguing a case in front of a tribunal so we did everything possible in arbitration that happens and in every week we were assessed 
simultaneously in every subject that we pursued we were assessed every day for that and we had to it was a rigorous exercise so we had to submit numerous assignments and we had to submit uh, we had to participate in a lot of exercises for that and a lot of simulations role plays so it was all about the assessment part was all about you know a constant assessment and not rather a written exam where you actually mug up knowledge and you know just vomit it just like we do in law school so i mean that was the best part about it that you were actually assessing a person based on his performance his mm. participation class rather than uh, just uh, asking someone to write something on a paper sheet of paper and that's how i tell you that it was a bridge between a foreign llm and my industry experience because that's that's the model usually followed in uh, foreign llms the socrates style of teaching so we never had professors who you know delivered the lecture and just went away after one hour we mm. had a discussion we had a socrates style of teaching in every class that we had in the fellowship and it was more about hearing from the other fellows and what they think about for example rule of law and what access to justice means rather than the faculty actually just putting on slides and you know uh, giving that lecture and going away so it was more about the socrates style of teaching getting to know what kind of thought process every uh, diverse lawyers have and of course we had industry experts guiding us but again the mode of teaching was itself a lot more different and very much helpful for us hmm so uh, can we say that this was like a good internship but it was completely focused on training you all uh, rather than getting any tasks done not necessarily an internship because this academic program program has a mandatory internship as well that you need to do so mm -hmm. it it had a 6 month mandatory internship that every fellow needs to do despite your age so if you are a well qualified lawyer and the minimum criteria for applying was even being a lawyer but you had to intern so that is something the fellowship was very particular about that a 6 month internship is needed and along with that we also had a global immersion program with a foreign university based on our experiences but for, uh, unfortunately we couldn't do it because of the pandemic otherwise uh, the fellowship actually planned a global tour to three partnered universities so uh, abroad for a global immersion program for the fellows so that was also a very great thing a two week program which we couldn't pursue but definitely uh, the idea of the fellowship and of course what experiences bring to you i cannot actually equate it to just an internship it was a lot more than that and it was all about professional development and you know how you get to be better day by day as a lawyer so when you went to chennai you were also interning along with the fellowship no no i didn't take up the internship basically uh, the internship period was fixed so in the month of april you had to intern okay. and apart from that apart from that you had to be regular in the classes and at the campus so we used to study and you know perform all the exercises assignments given to us and so it was a whole day affair it was nothing like you know you just get a break and you get to go the classes started from 8 am and rigorously till 5 so it was we, we used to get the breaks in between but it was uh, all about constant deadlines all about uh, networking of course meeting new people um meeting new professors every day we had guest lectures as well apart from the usual courses so it was we used to be very busy in that affairs and uh, 
uh, there was no no time actually for mm-hmm. an internship definitely mm-hmm. yeah right. so after the program do they also help you with placements so uh, what the fellowship guarantees is that they would provide assistance uh, in internships basically what they want you to do in the 6 months uh, a bit of assistance was definitely given uh, with the placements uh, at the end but of course uh, the placements were not exactly guaranteed by the fellowship so personally for me it was my uh, application outside and after the fellowship and mm. uh, so they had a dedicated career services department but of course uh, the fellowships were guaranteeing a uh, help and assistance during the internship phases and not the placements to be honest but of course the professors were there the faculties were there and they tried their best uh sitting with every fellow personally and getting to know their career trajectory where they wish to go after the fellowship ends and everyone helped in a way so it was very different to every individual and every fellow and the professors including the career services department were all there for you in whatever capacity you need help so if it also means reaching a law firm or reaching an individual uh, the faculties were there to help you mhm okay so uh, let's let's move on to uh, dispute resolution now like you are working in this field uh, how is this field in india for lawyers are there enough opportunities for lawyers to truly focus on this like can they devote completely um, like their practice into this field so prasanna uh, dispute resolution firstly comprises of litigation as well just to mm. clear things out and a lot of people get confused whether you know litigation is different and dispute resolution comprises of arbitration so just just making things clear basically dispute resolution is a very broad field which comprises of mostly everything that you do it mm. it, it encompasses litigation it encompasses arbitration it com- encompasses mediation negotiation everything mm. so if i talk about dispute resolution per se of course there are a lot of opportunities out there and it's very much the industry has been prevalent and of course if you don't have dispute resolution practitioners you do not actually have a way forward with all the disputes that arise out of the corporate transactions and deals so that's mm. where the role of a disputes lawyer comes into picture that you know when a dispute when a conflict i would say a conflict arises because of a transaction between the parties or if there is a dispute that's where you step to negotiations firstly and then you move towards any part of any mode of dispute resolution so firstly clearing things out that it includes litigation so of course uh there are opportunities of course uh you wish to litigate in the courts definitely you could work in a chamber you could start independently a lot of young lawyers do this do this now there is a supreme court clerkship that always you know it's it's very prestigious and a lot yeah. of benefit i would say is given to a person if he or she pursues pursues that particular clerkship and it helps a lot in your dispute resolution pathway so uh, in my initial days as well uh, i told you about my job with the ministry of road transport and highways but there is another catch to it uh, so the chairman of the committee was justice abhay manohar sapre he is a former supreme court judge he wrote mm-hmm. the privacy judgment as well and i was fortunate to be his uh, clerk as well working mm-hmm. at the ministry so it was a dual role actually working with a supreme court judge 
and also as a legal consultant at the ministry. So I got a taste of what a clerkship is during those six months as well. And I clerked with him, assisted him with his arbitrations and research. So it was, I, by all means, I could say is uh, clerkships are a way forward for young graduates to move forward this particular field. Uh, definitely, there are a lot of new career avenues when it comes to ADR particularly. So, unlike dispute resolution, I could talk about a lot of ADR career opportunities that are new right now. So, there are particularly negotiation managers, crisis managers, conflict resolution professionals. These are a lot of new opportunities for young lawyers who wish to uh, restrict towards just negotiation. There, of course, you could be a full-time commercial mediator doing a, a accreditation course, a 40 hours training, and definitely you could act as a commercial mediator. You could definitely become an arbitrator. These days, a lot of talk has been going on as to, you know, the young lawyers has to be have to be given that opportunity to become an arbitrator. So you could be an arbitrator. You could practice arbitrated-related court, court uh, litigation as well. So... There are plenty of opportunities in this field and it's all about exploring. And my only advice to the listeners uh, is that, you know, you shouldn't restrict yourself when it comes to this field because this field is huge and opportunities are plenty. It's, it's all about exploring every possible area of uh, this field. So, yeah, though, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities to grab here in this field. Yeah, so when you said that dispute resolution also includes litigation, it like it's not like it's completely separate. But I've seen some lawyers who are who who work with lawyers who are uh, litigators who are completely into litigation. And like for example, they, if they are working on some matters or with some clients, they'll handle uh, only the uh, negotiation part or mediation part, and the litigation part will be handled by another lawyer with whom they have teamed up sort of so is is this a common practice what is your so it depends it depends and uh, this is this culture is pretty much common in law firms i would say so what happens is that the negotiation part or basically uh, not even the mediation part it's just basically and the negotiation part which is ideally taken care of as in house within the firm and uh, definitely there are lawyers that there are senior counsels that you wish that you know they could assist you in those matters and so what happens is that the law firms is uh, are actually uh, assisting the senior counsels and briefing them about the, about this uh, dispute and definitely the appearances there from the senior counsels you get to brief them and they also argue your case so it differs from case to case i would say not it doesn't happen that frequently, but definitely what happens is that it actually depends on the case-to-case -case scenario. So if the if the stakes of a case are really high and the client is advising you that, you know, we need a senior counsel along with your team, definitely we get to, uh, you know, approach a senior counsel and brief them on that matter. But of course, a lot of matters could be handled in-house by the law firm only and they actually appear before the court. So... Uh, ideally, it differs, differs from matter to matter and how big the stakes are in that particular matter and, of course, what the client wants in the end. Okay. Uh, so, this is a question which I always ask to all the uh, podcast guests uh, who participate in this podcast. is like, please share 
an incident from your career which is very memorable to you so it can be anything from your courtroom conversations with another lawyers or clients or anything in your office in your law school maybe something like that but something very memorable to you i mean this journey is a roller coaster ride we say and there are a lot of uh, memorable experiences there are a lot of hardships as well that we all face but probably i would like to share the most memorable memory was when i went to law school and uh, how i went to law school so i call myself as an accidental lawyer and i'll tell you how so basically uh, i was a state cricket player i used to represent uh, delhi under 19 in south zone tournaments and i did that i encountered a slip disc problem during my class 12th uh, class 11th uh, high school and i was a science student preparing for mbbs and i had even joined a coaching institute a medical institute for preparation of uh, you know on the lines of becoming a doctor basically i was also interested in cricket and uh, basically got an injury a slip disc problem which put me on bed rest for four and a half months and uh, that's when i flunked in every science subject i had in my class 11th and my high school was so strict that you know if you are not passing in those subjects you they actually ask you to change your streams so right before the pre boards come in during 12th i uh, had to shift to commerce from pcb and uh, joining commerce learning accounts business studies statistics for uh, just two months and giving my boards it was it was a roller coaster ride that started there only and that's when i decided to try my hand at law because of course uh, i wasn't really understanding commerce in the end although i had secured a good good score in my board examinations but that was all about mugging up things and vomiting on the paper and uh, i missed my clat examination as well because i got no clue as to what to do in life and uh, after all that medical preparation gone into waste and uh, cricket was nothing that i could do off now because of the injury that i had commerce was something that i wasn't really getting a hold of so i tried my hand at law and you know saw let's 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 try what what happens there i never gave clat never gave any entrances uh, my father just knew someone who was there in ups dehradun and she was a gold medalist there so she recommended you know joining a good environment it's in dehradun it's all hilly areas and you know you love the place just went in and went to this roller coaster ride for 5 years uh earlier i was also into public speaking during my high school i used to do a lot of model un conferences so i thought of mooting as a debate and i actually lost my first moot in the very first year very badly because of uh, everything that you know i was uh, really really you know you have that urge you have that uh, a lot of urge in you and a lot of motivation to do to beat everyone in law school during your first year and that's how you get laid back and that's how i got laid back started learning devising new strategies what to explore how to explore tried my hand at every possible competition wrote a few research papers here and there completed law school life and that's that's when the pandemic happened and the mess the best memorable experience would be that i got a job that people actually dream about after their retirement i got to work at the ministry of road transport and highways 
I was mm. 23 years old and all my colleagues were 45 to 50 years old. I was the youngest legal consultant at the ministry. I got my office at the Ministry of Home Affairs. I used to sit in the office. I had an office to myself. That itself was a really pleasant memory. And that was actually something I used to dream about having my own office. And uh, it was it was a very, really lovely experience, a very happy memory of mine that after so many struggles, I actually got a job right after graduation. And it was a really good job. And the experiences that I had working at the ministry, representing the ministry in a lot of negotiations, a lot of construction disputes, conciliation proceedings, a lot of which that I was representing alone, of course, under the tutelage of Justice Sapre, that was the most memorable experience of my life so far. And of course, there are a lot more instances that I could share, but definitely for a lawyer, it's about where you start and how your start lies and what are your experiences behind coming into this profession and coming into industry. So I definitely consider that memory of mine breaking into this industry as one of the most memorable ones. And of course, my past that has brought me here today. So yeah, uh, that that is one good memory I have. Great, great, great. So even after like having serious health issues, then failing in your first move, despite you having experience in debating and stuff, uh, but you improved and yet you learned your lessons and I think you are enjoying the uh, career now, like the field now, right? Definitely. I was very fortunate enough to uh, get my hands on international law and arbitration right in my second and third year of law school. And mm. uh, because of my avid interest in mooting and ADR competitions, I used to explore a lot of uh, international moots and ADR competitions. And uh, that's how I actually sparked my interest there. And Luckily, I in my second year of law school, I had a corporate internship at uh, at a law firm, at a good law firm. I never liked the work, and uh, it was it was it was a very disappointment. It was a big disappointment for me. So my career trajectory started right after my second year of law school when I actually aligned my internships into dispute resolution only. I never did any transactional work or into any and any other kind of work. I focused myself into interning under senior councils, uh, under uh, dispute resolution departments of law firms. And I aligned my CV accordingly into that particular field, right? Uh, wrote a lot of papers into that field, participated in extracurricular activities, which could give me a, which would give the potential recruiters and the industry a taste of what my experience lies and where I, where my interest lies. So in the end, it's all about aligning your CV and your career trajectory to your interests. And by no means, uh, by, by no means, it means that, you know, uh, you need to be ready and you need to be, you need to know what you need to do after you graduate. There are a lot of people who are constantly pressurized by this fact. And of course, that is not important. What is important is that you keep exploring, you keep learning and you keep growing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tushar. Thanks for this amazing conversation and sharing your experience with us. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you learned something. And if you did, do share this episode with all your friends and check out our other episodes available here. Thank you.